So we are talking about wisdom, and the series is called Wisdom. The idea is we're looking at the book of Proverbs, and we're saying, what are some pitfalls, what are some dumb things that we can do that we don't have to do, that we can learn from others' mistakes or the wisdom of others? We don't have... It, it, last weekend, I likened it to a lantern. We hold, Proverbs is like holding a lantern when you're out camping. It illuminates all the roots, all the bears, all, you know, all the things around you so that you don't step on them and step through them and step into a pothole or something like that. And so that's what Proverbs is. So uh, this weekend what we want to do is it, it's just got – Proverbs is a treasure trove of wisdom. It just has so much wisdom, and if we'll learn from it, we can grow in our wisdom. That's the idea. So this weekend what we want to do is we want to look at the idea of friendship. The Bible has a lot to say, and specifically the book of Proverbs has a lot to say about friendships. And I want to make a few – just a, pl- a few preliminary comments about friendship. Um, Friendships are different between men and women. What I mean is, I don't mean between men and women. That's a whole other thing. Um, what I'm talking about is men to men and women to women. They're, they're, they're different. Uh, a man will go out and play golf or do something with, with some guys and uh, maybe do it every now and then and say, they're my friends. And he doesn't know them very well. He doesn't really know their name. Their kids doesn't know anything much about them other than that they're either good at what they do or they're not. They maybe know what they do for a profession. In other, men, in other words, men, many times when they get together, they talk about things. They talk about what they do and different things like that. Women share their feelings and their emotions. They share details about each other's lives. They go a lot deeper than men do. So men generally say, yeah, that's my friend, <laughs> but... It's very different. It's very different. It's just describing here. The other thing is, there's a difference between acquaintances and friends. It may be that you get um, a couple hundred Christmas cards, but you don't really have anyone who's a close friend. I mean, you know, you get all these Christmas, and it's not from family members, it's from other people that know you. And they send you a card every year, and, and but you don't really have too many people that are very close. So which, which is more important, to have three, two or three close friends or to get 300 Christmas cards, right? There's a difference between acquaintances and friendships. The third thing is that friendships are not limited to a certain kind of a person. Um, lasting friendships can be had by introverts and extroverts. That's good news for you introverts. Um, young and old, dull and intelligent, homely and good-looking, But there's one characteristic that is common. Um, Friendship requires transparency. It requires that you're willing to open up to another person and they're willing to open up to you. And that's a hard thing to do, especially for men. That's a hard thing to do. So the question we want to answer this weekend is how do we grow in our friendships? And in the midst of learning that, we're going to learn there's a couple of pitfalls that we need to be careful about. And you'll, you'll see that as we go through, go through this. But how do we grow in our friendships? Well, the first thing is, there's about four things that I want to discuss. One is, friendships require, uh, they require uh, faithfulness. There has to be a commitment to the relationship. Let me read you a couple of verses. This is a Proverbs 17, 17. A friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in time of need. Or some translations put it, a brother is born uh, uh, for, for um, conflict. But uh, this uh, says born, 
to help in time of need. We'll talk about that in a minute. And then uh, Proverbs 25:17 says, "Don't visit your neighbor too often, or you will wear out your welcome." You all chuckled with that, right? Now it, that one that one verse says, "A friend loves at all times," right? <clears throat> friend is always loyal. A friend loves at all times. Different translations say it different ways. What does that mean? Does that mean they're always over at your house? They're always you're always together. I mean, it's like, what are we going to do tomorrow? What are we going to do next day? You know, no, no, no. Because the counterbalance is Proverbs twenty-five seventeen that there's a point where you just need to give the other person space, right? What it means, though, is that a true friend is there in good times and bad. They're there all the time. You can count on them. The point you need to see here, though, is that you can't, you can't have a good friend and you can't be a good friend unless you're available. But that means that you need to be there in the good times. You need to be there in the bad times. When life gets hard and, you're, uh, and your acquaintances are all walking out the door, your friend is walking in. That's the difference between a friend and an acquaintance. A friend will never let you go to ruin. Have you noticed that some of your friends aren't really friends? Because when life goes hard for you, it gets hard for you, it gets difficult, there's more of an investment that they need to make because you're struggling. They kind of, yeah, I'll call you, you know, yeah, but but they don't, but they don't. I read this verse, uh, well, I read a verse that's similar to this. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, he says, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. And uh, a true friend will be there when you're hurting, when you're struggling, when you're going through difficult times. A true friend will be there. That's what a friendship means. Now, Now we're starting to see why we may not have a lot of friends. And you may be asking the question, well, why don't I have friends like these? Why don't I have people who are there when, when the chips are down and when I'm struggling. And why, why do I have, I know a lot of people, but no, not too many people really know me. It may be that I'm not willing to open myself up. It may be that we just, I just haven't. The bottom line is this. People who are deeply invested in friendship, they, they see it as a, a, a critical part of their life. They devote a lot of time. They devote a lot of effort. They're willing, to, uh, they're willing to take their busy schedule and make room for spending time with their friends. Uh, they make time. They're there for them. They will generously give their time, give themselves to these relationships. In other words, this isn't going to happen unless you're willing to invest some major time in the life of another person. On the, on the, other, per, on the other hand, people with no friends... People who tend to be lonely, who lament their lack of close friends, place little, little emphasis on the hard work of cultivating friendships. In other words, if you're not willing to put the time, probably you're not going to find that you have a lot of friends. You get what you invest in friendships. Giving yourself to cultivating friendships, spending the time, being a good friend. Now, it's impossible to have a lot of good friends. It's just You just don't have the capacity emotionally. You don't have the time. You don't have the resources to do that. Um, you can have a uh, hundred acquaintances, but it's, it, you, know, you, you, are, you are doing well if you have one or two very close friends. 
where you are willing. If they called you and they said, we need to talk, you'd drop everything. You'd find a way to do it. You just would absolutely do it. That's, the point I want you to see is there has to be a, a, level, a huge level of commitment. And the reason we don't have it is because we're not willing to put that level of commitment in. Here's the second thing. Friendships require sensitivity. Look at a couple of more verses from Proverbs. This is Proverbs chapter 25, verse 20. Singing cheerful songs to a person with a heavy heart is like taking one's coat in cold weather or pouring vinegar in a wound. That's to the point, isn't it? Look at Proverbs 27:14. A loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning will be taken as a curse. Some of you are saying, yes, that is absolutely true. I can attest to that. Look at Proverbs 26, verses 18 and 19. Just as damaging as a madman shooting, a deadly weapon is someone who lies to a friend and then says, I was only joking. Think about that have you ever had that somebody say something that's just been, they, they didn't catch your mood. They don't understand what you're going through. They, you're struggling and uh, you're, at, you're, you're at a low point and somebody comes in and says something derogatory and they say, oh, I was only joking. Come on. And you go, yeah, you're not getting this. You're not getting me. You are emotionally detached from what I'm going through. You're making a joke of something that's really significantly difficult in my life right now have you had anybody do that in your life before what do you immediately think this is not somebody that i can trust this is not somebody i can open myself up emotionally to this is not somebody who is my friend not when they do that Um, emotionally disconnected people they they are the ones that will sing a song in front of a person who is going through a difficult time and the point here is this What the writer of Proverbs is saying here is this, that when your very good friend, your very best friend is going through a difficult time, it bothers you. It does more than bother you. You think about it. You pray for them. You you struggle because they're going through a difficult time. That's the, the bond that you have with a close friend. When you have a dear friend, you know what they're, when they're down, you know what, uh, how they're doing. You, um, Respond to them appropriately. The point is, when they're down, so are you. You, you, you can't be good. Now, you know, the, <laughs> um, the point is you can't really be happy when they're sad. Somebody has said, and I think it's true, and if you're a parent, you may agree with this, that you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. You're only as happy as your unhappiest child. If one of your children is not doing well, you carry that with you. Right, And so the same is true with a friendship. When you're emotionally connected to another person and vulnerable to them, you're, you're vulnerable to them. When you're, you have, really have a friend, you're not okay when they're not okay. You struggle when they struggle. They struggle when you struggle. That's the kind of connection you have. And I think that's the reason why you can only have so many friends, because you can't carry that emotional you know, if you have 10 people and, you know, chances are one of them is going to be going through a difficult time. You can't carry that. There's only so much emotionally you can carry. So so that limits who you can have. So you may say I have 10, 15 people that I know really well, but I, do you have how many friends do you really have? And, and how do you how do you grow in those friendships? And 
one of the signs of whether you are a good friend or whether you have a good friend is, are they emotionally sensitive to what you're going through? Do they care? Do they even care what you're going through? Right? Now, if you're sitting there going, you know, I don't know if I have anybody in my life like that. I would say, you know, sadly, I think that may be par for the course. That may be, that may be par for the course. Now, now, that can change. We can grow in friendship. We can become better friends. We can find those kind of friends. But it's going to take some work and it's going to take some investment. And that's not always easy to do. And you may not be committed to it. That's, that's a, a third thing. The third thing we, we see is friendship requires truth-telling. Notice what the writer says in Proverbs 27, verse 5. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. We'll talk more about that verse in a moment. Proverbs 29, 5. To flatter friends is to lay a trap at their, for their feet. Look at Proverbs 28, 23. In the end, people appreciate honest criticism far more than flattery. The King James takes that and says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Now, these words are painful because we need to hear them, but we don't want to hear them. And so the question is, do you have somebody like that in your life? You may, you may be a friend and you know that you have to say something truthful to one of your, to a friend of yours. But you're afraid. You're saying, you know, I, I know that if I say this to them, and it's true, okay, we're not talking about acquaintances. You, you've, all, you've all had people come alongside you and they've kind of been your friend and they told you what's wrong with you because they like telling everyone what's wrong with them. But, but we're talking about somebody who you have, uh, they're emotionally connected to you, they, they, they get you, you get them, there's this connection, and they know that there's something they have to tell you, but, but you're thinking, and maybe you're that person, and you have to tell your friend that, but you're afraid. You're saying, if I tell them that, they may, they may reject me. I, that may discourage them. I don't want to do that. I don't want to hurt them. And, and so what the writer of Proverbs is saying, if you have that attitude, then you're not their friend. Why is that? Look at that verse. It's very interesting how that verse plays out. He's in verse uh, 5 and 6 of Proverbs 20, 27. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. So the point here is this. Um, you may say, you may say to yourself, I love them too much to confront them. I love them too much to bring this up. I love them too much to talk about this. I won't do it. But if you look at verse 6, covering the truth is the same as kisses from an enemy. So in a sense, you're, say, so in a sense you're saying, I care too much to confront them. That's the kiss of an enemy. The point is, you're more concerned about yourself than you are your friend. You're more concerned about the ramifications of how it's going to affect you than how it affects your, your friend. And that's really what it comes down to. You, you're more concerned about yourself than you are your friend. What you're really saying is not that you love them too much, but you have to go through this, and you don't want to. You don't want the conflict. You don't want the misunderstanding. You don't want to deal with it. You do not want to deal with it. And you, you, you're saying to yourself, I'd rather not bring it up. It's easier to do that. But what you're doing is you're, you're not helping your friend. You're not helping 
Look at verse uh, Proverbs 29.5. In other words, instead of telling your friend what's wrong with them so that they can get an accurate view of who they really are, so they see their blind spots, you're setting them up for disaster. You're laying a trap for them. There used to be a show on called, was it Star Search? Was that the one where they get up there and they sing and do stuff like that? It was an old one. I don't know if they still do it anymore. But I remember I only wanted, only wanted to watch the first couple shows because after that everybody could sing pretty well. And it was like, oh, you're good, so I don't really care. But you know, it's good that you can sing. But I wanted to see the people. And this is going to show you a little of your pastor's heart, as flawed as it is. I wanted to see the first couple shows where the people got up there who couldn't sing a lick. And just get up there and they would howl out some, you know, screaming cat, whiny, awful, terrible thing. And the hosts would say something, if they were nice, they would say something like, Who told you you could sing? Or maybe, the other, uh, the other is true, why didn't someone tell you you can't sing? Because you certainly can't sing, but nobody around you cared enough to tell you that was awful. Please don't do that again. And if they had done it early enough, you would have given up and you would have thrown this away because you're not good and you're never going to be good because you're tone deaf. You just aren't not good at this. Now, you may be good at something else, but this is not it. This just tells me that somebody who gets up and bellows that out didn't have a good friend. Because they didn't want to say, I know everybody else is telling you because they don't want to get into the conflict, but I'm truly your friend and I want to tell you. You're awful. Please don't sing. Right? It's true, though. (laughs) What what friendships do is this. They balance... um, candor and they're careful. There's truth and love. They, in other words, they're willing to say the hard things, but they say it in the right way at the right time for the right reason, right? And that's a hard thing to do as a friend. And, and sometimes you're, you're saying, you know what, even if this causes a rift in our friendship, this has to happen and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in the right way in the right time and the way you, you accept it. You know, one of the greatest examples in the Old Testament is where David sinned and Nathan comes to David. And instead of coming to David, because God said to Nathan, you need to go talk to David. And Nathan was a prophet and David had sinned. And God said to, you know, David thought he got away from it, got away with it. And, and God says to Nathan, go talk to David. And so he goes to talk to David. And so he says to David, I want to tell you a story. It's about a shepherd. Well, David would understand that because he was a shepherd. And he says, this guy, he had... Um, he had like thousands of sheep. And one day, a friend came, and he decided to have a, a meal. And he was going to take one of the sheep and have that meal. But there was this other little family, and they had this little pet lamb. They loved this little lamb. It was a fam- family pet. It's the only one they had. And they loved this little pet, and they, they, they cherished it. And it lived in the house, and it slept in their beds with them. And it just and it doesn't say all that, but you get the point. So, so instead of this guy grabbing one of his lambs that he doesn't even know the names, he doesn't care about them, he grabs their little lamb, he slaughters it, and he feeds them, feeds the, the lamb to his guests. 
Nathan says, what do you think should be done with a person like that? And David says, that man should die. And Nathan says, David, I'm talking about you. (laughs) See what he did there? He said it in the right way, the right time, in a way that David could receive it. And, and through that conversation, David began to repent. It's not easy. It's not always, uh, it's tough. But if you have a true friend, they will say to you, before you get up, before the judges, they will say, you can't sing. Please don't do this because you're going to get totally embarrassed on national TV. This is not what has to happen. All right. Number four, friendships require counsel. Uh, notice what it says in Proverbs chapter 27, 9. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Re- friendships balance between being uh, pleasant and reassuring, which we want. We like the pleasant and reassuring, but they also become challenging and transparent. That's the part we don't like. We want them to be pleasant. They want, we want them to be encouraging, reassuring, but we don't want them to be challenging and transparent. That's where we're kind of... We kind, and that's why they don't go deep, because you have to have a balance between both of those if we're going to grow in our friendships, right? That It has to be both. It can't be one or the other. It has to be both. There's a, a transparency to true friendships. It can't only be pleasing or only challenging. Um, and this is one of the barriers I think that men have in the area of relationships. Men, women are much better, better at sharing their thoughts and feelings with one another. But we need each other to become what God designed us to be. We need each other. We can't do it on our own. It, without without uh, God's help, um, without, um, we, without us helping one another, we're never going to become what God called us to be. Now, that's why Proverbs says this in Proverbs 27, 17, and maybe this is the, the um, crescendo verse for this idea of friendship. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. The sharpening process isn't always easy, and it isn't always wanted, but it's necessary. And, you know, when you have a true friend and they say what you need to hear and the way you need to hear it, you may immediately say, oh, that's not true, I don't want to hear it, or how dare you. But there'll be a point where they'll say, you know what, you're right. Thank you. Uh, somebody said this, I think, is a great, a great way to describe a friend. A friend always lets you in and never lets you down. A friend always lets you in and never lets you down. Now, of course, in the real world, that happens. But the, the idea is that a friend always lets you in and they never let you down. So you may be saying, well, why don't I have friendships like this? You, see, the thing is, every one of us, our hearts need these type of friendships. We all need these friendships. That's why God, when he created Adam and put him in the garden, uh, basically said uh, it's not good for him to be alone. And it didn't just have to be Eve, a woman. <laughs> that was good. That was fine. But uh, basically, man and women, we need companionship. We need friendships. And essentially, we, we do. The reason that you don't have this kind of friend is because you aren't being this kind of friend. Friendship is hard work. Um, the question is, how committed are you to being the friend that God's called you to be and to putting the effort in to being the friend and seeking the friends um, 
Now, that may not be what you wanted to hear, but that's the truth. You really get what you invest in friendships. And, and, and really, in the end, we all have this inner longing to be known by others and to know others. And we can't do that with everyone. We can't do that with everyone. But for a few people, hopefully we have one or two people that we can say, that person is my friend. That person is my friend. Um, well, how do you become a friend uh, like this? How do you become this kind of friend? Well, um, you may think, well, let's just leave. We'll try harder. We'll work harder in friendship. We'll learn, you know, learn some of the principles of Proverbs and we'll be better friends. And certainly you could do that. But uh, Jesus provided us a way to connect with God. Um, and when we look at Jesus, he became the ultimate friend for us. I read that passage where greater love is no one than this than what? He laid on his life for his friends. Jesus said, uh, this is in John chapter 15, a little further down from that passage in verse 15. I no longer call you slaves. He's talking to his disciples. He says, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. See, you begin to understand what friendship is when you look to Jesus, the the best friend that you've ever had. And when you understand how far he would go to sacrifice, how far he would go to um, forgive, how far he would go just for you. When you begin to, to understand what he did for you, then you begin to see what it means to be a friend. And you, you, you say, uh, many of our friendships are basically set up so that, and, and frankly, this is how they start. Many of them start. You may not agree with it, but it's how they start. We, we generally get to know somebody because of they, they can do something for us. There's something that we want from them, and there's something they want from us. But hopefully they come to a place where they go to a deeper place where we say, I just, I just love you for you. I just, uh, you're my friend, and, and, and I, I don't want anything from you. I just want to know you and, and to be known by you. And when we understand the relationship we have with God and what Jesus has done for us, that lays a foundation. It gives us an ability and a desire to pursue those relationships. Why? Because we know we're already accepted by the most important person in the universe. So when we know that he accepts us and he loves us and he forgives us, we understand a rejection is a part of life, but we understand that there's a person that will never reject us. So we can go in that confidence and we can still be a friend. What I found is when you go out and you begin to sacrifice and you begin to serve other people and you begin to love other people, you will find that you will begin to develop friendships with others. Now, there are no perfect friendships on the human level, and there are no friendships this side of heaven that are perfect, but we can, we can go a long way. So think about that. Do you have that type of friend? Are you that type of friend? Are you willing to invest the time and the effort into that? And most importantly, before we, we close, do you know Jesus, who is the greatest friend that anyone in this room could ever have? That he knows your deepest heart secrets. He knows what's going well, and what's not going well. He knows, you, he knows the worst thing that you've ever done, the worst thought you've ever had, and He still loves you and He still forgives you. And that's what we're talking about. And maybe that, if you knew that, that would begin to lay a foundation so that you could begin to be a friend 
who goes into relationships not looking for what you can get, but what you can give and how you can serve. And when you begin to take that attitude, you really begin to invest in this area of friendship, you'll find that you'll get friends. Now, one of the things that we're trying to provide is venues for that to happen. This venue right here is not a good venue to find a friend. It just isn't. It's too big. You may know faces. You may know first names. But nobody in this room knows everyone in this room. So we provide a small group environment. And we have group link that's right after the service. And that's a group of about 8 to 12 people that get together on a regular basis, whether it's every week or every two weeks. And they begin to know each other. And they begin to know they begin to to grow together and they do life together if somebody's sick if somebody's going through a difficult time everyone in the group knows that here's the other thing that happens in that group you'll find men will find other men and they'll say i'm going uh, this guy gets me i get him and we begin to develop a friendship there of women the same thing so there's an opportunity to grow in more intimate relationships through that group but it provides a venue for that to take place we can't make you go, but we can provide an, an atmosphere where that can take place. You want to have a friend, you need to be a friend, but you have to take the steps and you have to be willing to invest the time and the effort into it. I guarantee you, you will never regret putting time into this. But the other thing is, it may be that you're just a very insensitive person. And a lot of the reason you don't have a friend is because you say the wrong thing at the wrong time. You say stupid things and you say, I was only joking. And you say, I just don't know why people don't want to be around me. Well, maybe it's that. Just saying. There's a lot of traps there, right? So this is kind of gives you kind of an idea of what the book of Proverbs has to say about how true friendships can happen and, and what is the great what is the best growth environment and what is the model that we can look to? The rest is up to you. The, the lecture is over. Now it's up to the lab. So it's up to you to decide how many friends you want to have and how much you want to put your effort into it. But I guarantee you as you put the effort into it, you will be rewarded with people that God brings you in contact with who will become some of the dearest, closest friends you'll ever meet. Stand with me. So, Father, thank you for the greatest friend that you could ever give us, Jesus, who knows us, who willingly gave himself for us, provided the only way back to you. Thank you that he was willing to be um, rejected so that we could be accepted. Father, we thank you uh, for the book of Proverbs and for the wisdom it gives us on forging new friendships and how, and how we can grow the friendships we already have. May we put the time and the effort into it. And Father, we thank you that uh, we'll be rewarded with friends. And help us to be a good friend, uh, first and foremost. Help us to learn from Jesus, who is the ultimate example of what it means to be a friend. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.